We could do an entire commentary without the music track and just sing it. That would be hilariously awesome. Okay, stop. The humans are not dead, okay? Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hello. For Avalon, because I wrote it and I directed it in a minute. And with me, like usual, is um Chris Britton, who has not been with us the last three episodes, as... Last three episodes were kind of weird, timing and other things. And also, Corinne Mays, who is my story co-person for this season and the co-writer with me next season. Yay, so, hi. Yes. <laughs> Yo, everyone. Uh, yeah, I blame it purely on the time zones and nothing on anything else. It's because I live where time comes from, so occasionally it doesn't work. Yes. I do. I live where time comes from. In the show. Indeed, indeed, just down the road from me. You can walk across the line. Anyway, hello. Kat, what are we listening to? Oh, okay. So we are listening to uh, episode 28, which uh, starts out with an awesome little, uh, I guess, uh, radio montage, if you want to call it that. Um, just kind of syncing everybody up and letting them know what's been going on the last couple of uh, couple of months. Um, it's like a month. <laughs> Because everybody's been pretty quiet, and uh, as we know, the end of 27 left with uh, Jaina and Sam having another uh, really bad fight, probably the worst they've had thus far, uh, wherein basically she says, uh, you better not be here when I get back, and uh, presumably he wasn't there when she got back, And um, but in the meantime, the plague has been cleansed from the city, so basically at this point, um, the, the uh, Avalon and... and, and the lady and Exodus and everybody have just kind of been cleaning up after uh, what happened, and so this is kind of just giving you a bit of a fee- bit of feedback, bit of uh, exposition city, as it were. With the wonderful Kim Junopolis, which is awesome. And then this is Chris Hackney doing his best like shock shock routine, which is actually quite fun. I didn't even recognize that. Yeah, that's just Chris Hackney. No, me neither. He he is a, he is a man of many voices. Yeah, he doesn't think he is, but he really is. <laughs> yes, it is, because I was... Okay, so funny story, folks. If you've seen this episode, if you've listened to this episode, you know how long it is. This script is not that long. It's not... Sorry. Yes. Okay, so, okay, this is funny story. Let me go backtrack. Okay. So, the Genesis Avalon swag is awesome. Um, so, anybody who's been paying attention to Twip knows that there's the Arbiter of Awesome. That was a joke, like, six months ago. And at the time... It was really funny and topical when we wrote it. Exactly. <laughs> I figure by now, the joke will have gone on long enough and has been away long enough that it'll be funny when you hear it again. It'll and be then, fun, um, yes. It'll respawn. Yes. And it was really nice doing this scene because, you know, yeah, this episode's just long and I don't know why, but one of the things I really did like about this episode is that this first scene, there are so many cameos from pendant actors. It's so nice. Because this is Pete Mylan with uh, with Mark Allen Jr. And it's nice because I've wanted Pete in this show forever. I just haven't found a place to put him in. Hang in there, Pete. I will find something. I just gotta wait. I gotta figure it out. I gotta see this. Because it doesn't feel right if Pete's not somewhere in the show. 
No, it's not a pendant show if Pete's not in it. Meanwhile, we have Calhoun stirring up trouble. Calhoun, who you guys have briefly been introduced to over the last uh, two months, if you are, uh, if you are just listening to the show, if you have been following the blog, freedomhasavoice.blogspot.com, then you have heard a bit more about Calhoun, and you know that he is not what he seems at all. He is definitely an interesting character to keep an eye on, so. Meanwhile, back to fighting. I think that should be like a t-shirt for you. <laughs> what? Meanwhile, back Meanwhile, to back to fighting. <laughs> With a silhouette of someone getting punched into a wall. Yes, there you go. That's perfect. I need that shirt t-shirt. Okay. I'll get right on that. <laughs> so this was fun. So we've had the Lady of the Lake for a while now, but this is the first time I've ever actually gotten to mix her doing a fight scene. So trying to find all of the weird sound effects that I would need for her to fight was really interesting. I wasn't really sure where I was going with it at first. Well, you many hours. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you found some nice watery-based effects, I, fe I felt, or at least gave them a, uh, a liquid feel in the yeah. uh, mix. I was trying to go for anything that sounded water-based and also anything that sounded, you know, with that metallic shing. Yeah. Because she's using Excalibur when she fights, but Excalibur does not sound like your average, everyday thing. No, I think it would sound more like a sword. I'm going to punch you so hard. No violence in the commentaries. Okay. No, there were there were many hours of cat listening to sound effects. True. with Sam, isn't he? Sam's working solo right now. I thought he could use the help. He's my guardian, Nat. You had no right. You're being stubborn, Jay. And someone's gonna have Stop to tell fucking you. Jaina. If I had Sorry. Said, Sam may not even come back. I love Jaina, but she did backpedal a little here. Well, it's been a particularly tough couple of months, so we'll, yeah, we'll give has. her a break. I mean, I think when you're when you're at the brink of thinking that your best friend is never going to come out of a coma, uh, the other best friend of your life is trying to kill you. Your mentor is back trying to kill you, and the city's dying all around you. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty couple rough couple of months. Uh. I, I will cut her some slack. <laughs> My version of cutting her some slack would be to send more demons at her. Oh, wait, no. Because this is a fairly classic episode. The two of you need to work together. And he feels horrible. Why are you fighting It is quite a classic episode. I felt bad that I wasn't around for the commentary for the Christmas episode, because I, I love that one. I was just, I, I was listening to it. Um, oh yeah, I know you were so excited about it when I when we did it because uh, you were like, oh yay, it's schmaltzy. I know it was it was schmaltzy. <laughs> it was sweet. And it was funny because I remember saying in the commentary, I was like, this is the schmaltzy schmaltz that's ever schmaltz. And Chris was like, that's okay though, because <laughs> then you try to kill people. It's fine. That's the constant balance with the show. It is. It really is. It'll be schmaltzy, but that's okay because next episode they all die. <laughs> but next episode they come back again and have a hug. Oh, this scene! Okay, so... Oh, I'm gonna get so much flack for this scene. I know I am, because I, I have seen... There have been comments... And I'm not gonna say like this in a mean way, but like I know that one of the comments about the show has been... Well, 
it was a while ago. I don't know if people still talk about it now, but I know at one point I was I was posed a question by someone who was listening to the show that why if Jaina says, you know, like she calls upon a god and it works, you know, why does saying oh god or oh Jesus not do the same thing? And I'm sure I'm going to get in trouble for this scene. <laughs> As uh kind of mean to Julian. Yeah. That's really me to Julian, well, actually. No, he follows a god whose whole shtick is testing your faith. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Think about how many chapters also, in the Bible. Also, he is, you know, this this scene is pretty pivotal for Julian's development because the last two years he's been so angry and out to get everybody and has has not done anything that I would consider to make him a good Christian. Or, you know, I mean, he's just, he's not embodying any of the things that you want somebody to be if they're going to be following the word of God. And, and, you know, this is the first time he's gone to church, like, in two years. If not more. Because we don't know how long it's been since before the show started that he was really, you know, exercising his faith. And it's clearly a moment of desperation. I know. And, and, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's one of those... I had like this awesome thing I was gonna say when we got to this point in the commentary, and I've completely forgotten all of it. So now I just sound like a rambling. I don't have anywhere else to go. <laughs> well, while you collect your thoughts, can I just say the reason this episode's so long is because of music cues like the one coming into that scene, which is about a minute and a half long. It yeah. is beautiful, by the way. With that uh, the, the the remix of the 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 main theme is that is that on the main track or is that an extra one? No, that, that is that is you know Kevin McLeod has I this really awesome thing there. of sometimes he will use the same melody between different pieces of music but not say they're related on his website so the the song is the the main theme of the show is noble race yeah this version the version of the organ playing is just called i think midnight meeting and i stumbled i completely stumbled upon it i had no idea it was on this website i found i found it like two years like a year ago and i immediately knew oh my gosh i need to save this for the church scene with julian that's where it needs to go like, I knew, I because, I, you know, I've had the script written for so long, I knew where this was coming. So, so yeah, and it was, I you know, and I've seen him do that with some other stuff, too. I found a couple other, other recurring, like, themes throughout his music, which is really awesome. It is lovely when you find a piece and you know exactly where you can use it at some point in the future. Yes. Oh, Tanya. Yeah, that happened. That happened. Please. Please. And I have to admit, I'm actually a huge fan of Tanya. I liked the character as I wrote her, but um, she was always going in this direction. And I think I accidentally telegraphed it back like in episode 22. So, like in commentary, not in the episode itself, but I think like me and Chris were talking, and then we were both like, oh, but we're not saying she's dying, we're not saying she's dying. Yeah, I seem to recall that. (laughs) We're like, we're like J.J. Abrams. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure you believe every. Oh, and then his Tara walks in. This is one of my favorite, favorite scenes with her, though. Listen, from a strictly writing and and directing perspective, because she points out the notion that, and this is something that you do in the line all the time, Chris. Only she does it kind of like subtly, a little nicer. She points out, you know, that you know, 
The god, any god, any great power you believe in plays with your life. You know, you can beg and plead, and sometimes they just don't want to listen. Yeah. And I just love the way that she is trying to batter at his face. And he just kind of doesn't, I mean, he doesn't even know what to do with it right now. And it's just, it's a very fun scene. It was a very fun scene to write. It was a very interesting scene to mix. And I love the theme for Asara, the evil theme. Quite fun. Oh, there's the line. What you do, what you say. <laughs> they just don't listen. Tell me. We're doing that thing again, folks. We are doing that we are doing yep. that thing again. Um It's cause it's so tense. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's very apt. Yeah. Well, because you don't really know what she's gonna do next, so she's hauled for Julian up by his throat. He's dangling off the ground by a few feet. What? What the hell? Nice little choking sound effects in there. Do you want? Yeah. Also, I want to say Trent had, did an amazing job <coughs> this entire episode, and he continues to just outdo himself the rest of the season. Um, and you know, Trent is one of my actors that when I first cast a show, you know, he would have me send him notes when he would turn in his lines initially, to get redos. Um, because he wanted to always better himself as an actor. And it's pretty awesome because, you know, I haven't had to do that in almost two years. He knows the character that well now. And he's just doing an amazing job. And I think he just really outdid himself with the scene where, I mean, the, the, the part where he is praying and Tanya's dying, I, like, the, I finished mixing it the first time and I was crying. Because I just got sucked into my into you know the world that that badly. It's pretty awesome. So way to go, Trent! Hey, Sid. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. And this is Brendan O'Reilly playing Rick. Rick's the fun character. Rick is Rick is you know. He's gonna be he he shows up a couple more times. He's fun. Chris knows more about Rick, but I we can't talk about it. We can't talk about it. Rick's a go-getter. <laughs> yeah, Rick's a stand-up guy. <laughs> That's now, pretty much all I know. <laughs> I don't know what she left. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Get on. Cool. Okay, bye. Ooh, and this this is the um, really the I, first um as you can tell uh, the first official I guess official introduction of Evan is really this episode. Sorry, so Mark has been waiting for this episode for months now. Oh yeah. Oh my god, we have heard nothing from Mark about how much he really wanted to hear this episode come out. <laughs> it's the first time Evan really gets any play. Like, I mean, you know, up until now he's been the voice on the phone. He's been Tanya's doctor. He's just been other, you know, he's been around, but in a kind of off-screen capacity. It's the first time we really get to see him in this ep you know, in this scene, and then there's a, another scene later in the episode, which is one of my favorite scenes I'm very excited about Evan. I love Evan. For things that I can't say, but, you know, but yeah. Yes. <laughs> you found some truly amazing music in this one. I don't know where it came from. It's just... <laughs> well, that last little bit... Well, that one, you, you, you did that for me. Years ago. A while ago. It, that, is, that is the same exact uh, choral recording that Chris did when Asara died. The same version of Rose, Rose, Rose. So... Gosh. I still have that audio track. I've never gotten rid of it, so. So it just felt very appropriate. 
Oh, this scene! Oh, I just remember, I really just remember, like, what just happened to this scene. Oh, I'm fangirling my own show. You're so snarky, what the hell? That sounds totally unlike me. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm cheerful. Clearly, yes. Obsidian, <laughs> cheerful, those are exactly the words I would use to describe it. Watch your tongue. And this is also really the first time that the audience, I've just realized, has received validation of, uh, of Sekhmet's, uh, parental situation, as Ye it was. Yes, indeed. Because that's not disturbing at all. No, not at all. No. Right. Ew, indeed. Ew, 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 ew. Let's just put it this way, folks. The entire demonic underworld is full of... Hang on, hang on, wait, Chris. Chris, you have to say it. You have no right. You have to say the most likely thing. Please say it. You'll never find a more wretched hive of scum. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Except maybe in Moss Eisley. But I'm pretty sure the underworld's <laughs> Moss Eisley versus the underworld. There's a, fil there's a film in that, surely. George is yeah. probably working on it as we speak. Oh my god, awesome. That with the uh, monkeys from, uh, from in D4. Tarzan monkeys. Yes. Oh god, the Tarzan monkeys. Don't don't make my mind go back to them. <laughs> this is a fun scene though, because I you know, you finally get to explain what happened to Lilith. Like you. You She just spends a lot of time being very angry with her brother. She spends a lot of time being angry after she comes back to life. In general. In general. <laughs> oh yeah, that's why I have no voice. Yes. Get over it. Was out of you love it. Okay. It's going to make recording really Yes, it is. The fun thing of Chris, you weren't here for this, but we got to talk finally um, last episode about the it was, well, it, okay, it wasn't meant to be... I know. It wasn't meant to be, like, this big bad secret. It was just, I didn't, I really did not want to give away that you were playing Layla, otherwise the the turn of episode 27 was not going to be nearly as fun for the audience. Yeah. But we had to give Jack, Jack Call, uh, you know, point, because he had figured it out the very first time that Layla showed up, and then we were like, no, no, no! Oh, that's that's uh, that's Todd Hawk. That's uh, you should check the credits. That's somebody else. <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, okay." Like he bought it at face value. Did you make a profile for her? No, no, no we didn't do that. Ah, right. In fact, I don't even think she's on the on the cast page. Now I'm gonna check. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure either. I think she is, but I could be wrong. I, I don't know. I think I'll, I'll be moving her back to uh It'll be Chris's name at some point, but probably once we're later into the season. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to drop it on here. Why, 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 oh, no! Why? She's just absent from the cast list. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, well. I said, okay, why well, really need to update this cast list? Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to be fair, it was one of those things where she only had, you know, like, four lines an episode, and that was the only show she did, quote yeah. unquote. Uh, well, I realized I sort of. Up for you. Oh, I love this scene! Uh, everyone. So, I was thinking maybe we should do something to fix that. I, uh... <laughs> I got you a present. 
So, um, I love that. Yeah, like, okay. you can just imagine that he's like wandering around the hallway outside his apartment with this little box, just like tossing it up in the air, kind of like, look, I got a present. It's from a claw machine, but we don't talk about that. Like, <laughs> and M was thrilled because now she's officially the voicemail of like everything in Pendant, because now she's the voicemail in Avalon too. Excellent. I don't. I don't think she's been the voicemail on the line. I might have. I might have to write in a voicemail at some point. Just yes, to, yeah, Just, just to do that. Why not? I quite like this scene, just because you know it's so rare that you see Sam and Noir talk and have a chance to to really kind of. You know, it's it's a different side of the characters that we've ne- I've never really had the chance to really truly explore over the last two years because so much of Sam's interaction has been with Jaina, so much of Noir's interaction has been with Natalie or with Jaina, so um, or Z, and you know, so it's been nice to kind of do this particular scene where you know they get a chance to talk. Yeah, they are normally surrounded by a group of other people, so they don't really get to interact. Or they interact through the others, like you say. Yeah. So. Also, another cameo of a big pendant actor, because that's Fiona Thrale playing Annie Tyler, Sam's sister. Is it really? You know, I didn't recognize that at all. That is amazing. Yeah, no, I actually, like, back when I first wrote that episode, like, like when I first finished writing 28, because I had to do a lot of rewrites this episode to kind of fill it out and <laughs> fill it out. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you just get the, get the run time up, because it was so short and so brief. It was apparently very short. Um, I... I think the word I'm looking for there was was fill fill in gaps in the story, and uh, and when I wrote the, the 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 voicemail, I immediately knew who I wanted to cast. I just asked her. I was like, "Do you? It's a, it's a cameo. Like, it's not a big deal. But would you mind?" And she was she was she was just tickled to pieces. So. Oh, awesome. Is it bad that every time I hear Dr. Matthews, I want to immediately go, Hi, Mom! That's really bad of me. No, it's not bad. bad because there's other people when I'm like, I hear their voice, I'm like, Oh, ha! Oh, (laughs) Like you. Yes. I'll be like, I'm your cat! A few years back, you were levitate. Let's just say that being human has given me some perspective. I'm not going to push you, but... I hope you understand that things won't be quiet for long. There's a sorrow out there on the loose. Do me a favour and just drop that, Nora. Right now, I know what's at stake. It was always complicated, and I'd agree with you, except we know that's not her. I think I need to take Dave to a pub at some point soon and get him to order things in Sam's voice. Oh god, that'd be so much fun. I might do that then at the next picnic. Not allowed to order girly things. No, it's Sam like Sam-type things. things. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's got to order a pint and a pie. Yeah, uh, exactly. That will involve finding a pub that does a pie, but I'm sure there's one somewhere. And I know that you wish you could have had a life with her. Oh, this scene. This is, there's just so much stuff that gets talked about in this episode that we never. I've never really had the chance to talk about. Oh. No, there is, and I think even I think we discussed this during the editing process. You made great use of the radio broadcast and the voicemail and stuff, which does allow you to talk about a lot of stuff without having 17 pages where everyone sits down and discusses it. 
Yeah. I mean, I really, and and because I really wanted to just kind of skip ahead from with the plague and everything to to post most of the cleanup because I knew nothing of really like event happens in that time frame. Other than that, Sam and Gina are mad at each other. <laughs> Never have done that for assault. Oh, poor Sam. He's just beating himself up hardcore. He can't help it. Maybe I am still hung up on it. Sam. If I had a nickel for every time you mentioned Asara, I'd be friggin' rich. Yeah, there's an exercise. Someone can go through and count them up. Yeah. Please do. It'd be awesome. Not her. And your actions towards for the stats page. Reflection of who you are. Yeah. Which, okay, this, that, this little section right here is actually really important, folks, because it's going to kind of, it kind of sets the stage for what happens in the next, like, There's a distinct change in the way Sam has viewed his life up until this point. And it's really kind of, like, it, it doesn't get, you know, it's not like, I don't, like, harp on it a ton, but it's there. It just excites the heck out of me, because I know what's coming. <sighs> so mean. Is it weird to think you're past the halfway point now? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Is it, so is it weird to think about that, though? To think about that you're past halfway. Oh god, um, it's terrifying actually. <laughs> oh yeah, we had that discussion. Last we had night. this discussion last night actually, because I was, I, we sat, we went to Red Hot and Blue for dinner, and we sat down and I was talking about how I need to write uh, the last ten episodes uh, of the show in general because they've got, I've got them all outlined really heavily, and it's going to be really fast to write, but uh, I haven't done it yet. And I sat and looked at Chris, and I went, "Oh my god!" She goes, "What?" And I was like. I haven't written it yet. I haven't written it yet. She goes, why, you're going to be fun? And I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. I haven't written it yet. It's the last ten episodes of the show. I don't even know how I'm supposed to feel about this. Like, I'm just, I am, the closer I get to the end, the more scared I am of it ending, you know? And at the same time, I'm really glad for it to end because I'm ready to move on and do other things. And we're not, and you know, and, and, and we're still not even close to really ending it yet. I've, there's plenty to do. I've got at least another year and a half of mixing ahead of me. Um, but, uh, it's, uh, it's just getting weird, you know? Really getting weird. Bobby, please. I'm not my father. Time to start revealing all those secrets you've been keeping wrapped up. Yeah. Okay, Bobby. But remember, folks, every time you beg me and plead to me to, to reveal you something or give you something, just be careful what you wish for. Case in point to Sara. Oh my god, we are talking over like one of my favorite scenes of the whole episode. Bobby and Evan meeting for the first time. Oh yeah! yeah. So we are. Oops. So, sorry, guys. But they are. They are totally adorable. Honey, you don't need to say anything else. I, I really like this scene because it's like the first time you get to see Bobby not being Mr. Editor Pants or, you know, yelling at Julian and Carrie. For the first time in a while that we've seen Bobby kind of unwound. Come on. Don't tell me you feel responsible. I've known you five minutes. 
and I can tell you. Also, I really like how Marcus is playing Evan in this yeah. whole scene. He's just like, nice like Mark and I have had like long talks yeah. about how he views Evan as a character, and it's so interesting because sometimes I'll write stuff for him and not really, and really like he's one of the few actors that I can't, I can't imagine what he, how he's gonna say a line before he says it. Because rest assured, if I do that, I'm gonna be wrong. Excuse <laughs> me. Damn, all spoiled by the phone. <laughs> You really wanted this scene to go on way longer, didn't you, Chris? Ma, maybe. <laughs> Not that I have any ulterior motives going on here. <laughs> Looks like I will have to come back later to speak with Julius. If you see him, I'll call you as soon as I know where he is. <laughs> oh God, this is my favorite line of that whole that whole smooth, scene. Um, like, it's very smooth. smooth, like really smooth, like like really, Bobby, really. Yeah, we'll do that. Fuck off. <laughs> God, this episode's just so long. Like, I'm looking at it and I'm going, man, we've got like almost half the episode still. Holy crap! <laughs> you never take a break, do you? Oh, this is another one of those episodes wherein my mother gave me fully for like everything Dr. Matthews has to do in the entire episode. <laughs> That's nice. Like later in the episode, she takes her glasses off. My mother like literally took her glasses and like threw them on my laptop. <laughs> Hilarious. I was like, "Geez, mom, don't break your glasses, please. Don't do it for the art. It's okay. I can, I can make it. It's all right." I know only what's written about them, but nothing about what they do behind closed doors. And believe me, it's all behind closed doors. <laughs> well, as well it should be. Exactly. They're not exactly conversational. I hunger. I'll give That's an awesome ad lib from Laura. I hunger for my master. Like, shit, that was totally all her. That wasn't in the script at all. I don't need him. Which, that's interesting because I rarely ever get ad libs from Laura. It is like once in a blue moon that I get ad libs from her. I like good ad libs. And then occasionally you get one and you think, you think, what were you thinking? That, that, that doesn't make sense at all. Yeah. <laughs> That's like half my ad. I also think the thing I really like about the scene is that it kind of hits home that while Jaina... It doesn't act like a, you know, 20, 21, 22-year-old. She is. And and she acts like, you know, she thinks that she has such world experience because she's been fighting demons for two years. And the fact of the matter is, at the end of the day, there's still a lot of things about life she just doesn't know. One of which is how to handle people that you disagree with. <laughs> you have to work with on a daily basis. Because her solution was, well, I'm just not going to let Sam use my Kawasaki Power Ninja Wheels. Like, I mean, like, you know, it was, like, it was very kind of, well, fine, you can't play in my sandbox. And you can't do that when it's your partner. You can't do that in the, in the corporate world either. Oh, there's so many people try. Oh, yeah. Tell that to him. He's the one who ran off on his own. I will not tell him anything. You know that you are the only one who is at fault here. 
Yes, that is. I think that was the intended yes, meaning. Screamed at him, and you it's probably in the away. in the parentheses somewhere. I'm in a bracket. But given given how my bracket, how, how all my sound effects cues and all my subtext cues work, I actually wouldn't be surprised if that is somewhere in an episode somewhere. Like Jaina says a line, bracket. You can't tell me that you haven't felt something, anything. Oh, whoa. Hey, Matthews. Step off of that conversation right there. Yeah, we've got we've got the mallet of romance out, and we are bashing it against the, the head of love and cuddles. Um. <laughs> that might be the best thing I've ever heard. But it doesn't seem to be sinking in. No. We get the, the nail of hard, steely, Puritan resilience standing against it and, you know. I don't know that this is Puritan resistance. <laughs> That's not the word I meant at all. I just couldn't think of another one. <laughs> resistance, I think, in general works. Cynical resistance, maybe. Cynical resistance, there we go. That was cynical resistance. I deserve to know, and I mean... You're trying to give me some sort of advice. I think that's one, one aspect of this season that I like the most, though, is because, you know, season two... You saw the development of the friendship of Sam and Jaina. And then you saw it kind of go bye-bye real quick. Um, whereas in this season, so far, you've seen the breakdown of that friendship and them trying to pick back up where they left off. And you all listened to the end of the episode. It goes a little differently than how either of them thought it would. Chris is giving me the most amazingly shocked look. I completely forgot what you're talking like like I'm sure you're making some reference that I should understand. Chris, do you listen to the episode like at all when you're in these commentaries? Yes. <laughs> do you really? No, she doesn't. No, I do. She's listening on her iPad. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, what was the last three lines? It's like, in, exactly. it's like in school where they catch you at the back of the class making cartoons. What did I just yes. say? I don't know. Something yeah, about science. No! <laughs> Fail! Fail! You are... You have flunked the commentary. Oh, no! <laughs> you will have to retake next year. With exactly. Stop. No, I... I'm... Gonna call in my uh I'll call him when I man up. <laughs> See they're talking about Sam. I was right. No, they're talking about Jaina and her problems <laughs> with Sam. That you fail! You flunked! You need to take remedial courses in Avalon now. That's amazing. Which is sad because like I used to be the top of the class. What went wrong? What went wrong? So this is good. I've now been promoted. I get to go and talk to <laughs> This is excellent. Okay, Kristen, are you paying attention now? Yes. Okay. Because now the Studio Movie Girl joke will make sense. Because <laughs> they they go to a Studio Movie Grill. And it's a not day. Oh, yeah? Oh, my God! This joke has layers. I'm... I don't understand why she's... I don't... What are you doing here? <laughs> 
I actually really like how this wrapped up in comparison to how it was in the original drafts of the script. So, oh, here we go. So, it's so rare that I can talk about stuff that I used to have that's no longer there anymore, because this is actually a really big change from, uh, what happened. Because originally, uh, this conversation took place in this episode, and it did not end like this at all. Uh, they actually, they actually fought again all over on the phone, and they didn't talk to each other. And then, like, events of the next episode occur, I never realized it was totally not working. <laughs> and it made them both come off like they were fine. I was like, nah, you know what, they're... I would like to think that what Dr. Matthews has said would actually have an effect on Jaina and would actually make her think twice about her decision. So I much like this rewritten version better, where they actually they agree to go out to eat together and see a movie and have a good time, and they really do. They have a really good time. Did I see that version? I'm not sure I can remember that, or was that even before it got to me? Well, that was before it even got to you. Yeah. That was how, when I first had written the scripts back um, in its first draft, and then um, when I was coming back through and starting to send you stuff for edits, I grabbed that episode, and I, it's because I was it's because I was rewriting it to add in all of the Tim stuff. That's and, right, yeah, and I remember. Even saw it. So when you did eventually see it, I had totally rewritten the last like ten minutes of the episode. So Chris, now you can talk about the fact that Carrie's not Welsh. Yeah, Carrie's not Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a long story that I. Okay, I guess I could say I can kind of say. It. Okay, so Carrie and Tim. Uh, come from a very well-to-do family. Carrie is the eldest, and, you know, she wanted to escape the kind of pressure that that came with, so she went to school as far away as she could, which was Wales. And her roommate has possibly the most unintelligible accent imaginable, Yeah, and she picked it up. And she just kind of ran with it, and then when she moved to America, she was like, well, people don't know. So she went all uh, perky. <laughs> Davin and Stacy kind of will she do that here. If our uncle knew what trouble you've gotten into here. Which was funny because, you know, M has been has been kvetching about this accent for years. Uh since she got the role of Carrie, because it was so hard for her at first, because it was something she'd never done before. And she's finally gotten to a point where she really, really likes doing the Welsh. She's very very good at it. And then we get did this to her. And she was like Ah, uh, wait, uh, hello, excuse me, uh, what's going on? So, you know, Come on, that's the way Carrie. I was living here for six months before you went missing. Why do I need to And again, there? Chris' daughter continues to prove how awesome he is. Absolutely, it leaves me as pretty much the least posh English person in the whole bloody show, which is uh, <laughs> quite an achievement. Big hefty side. You call me if you need me. Nice use of Genopody. <laughs> Numbers yeah, one through that three. One, yeah, that one is one of my carry themes. And then there's another one. There's another one of them that's uh, that's somebody else. I can't remember. I think it's uh, I think one of them is a Bobby theme. 
Be careful. Oh. And I guess now's a good time to say that this is, uh, that Tim does go back to Britain after this. And, yes. uh, he's gone for a little while. So, uh, <laughs> wow. so, but don't worry, folks. He's, I mean, he shows up again. No worries. Cause he's too cool a character not to. Um, I, I like him. I think he's an interesting character. And he brings out a side of Carrie no one else gets to see. So he, he will be back, but, um, what are you but doing for here? now, he goes back to pretend to fix the fact that he no screwed way. up his visa. No Meanwhile. Meanwhile, there's a bit of sexy Calhoun. Oh, oh my gosh, so fun story about Calhoun being oh, sexy. Oh, God. <laughs> so, I found out something interesting, folks. I love Calhoun's voice. Everybody loves Calhoun's voice. I think, I think it's pretty safe to say that this is the first time we've heard him in... Like, again, yeah. since, since like, 26, when he had a really long scene, because 27 is really short, but this one, another pretty, pretty lengthy scene of hot evilness. <laughs> and I played this scene for Chris, right? So we're sitting here at my desk, and I've just finished fixing this episode, and I play it, and I watch her practically melt in her chair, and she couldn't talk. It was pretty awesome. I could make good. <laughs> I just couldn't make intelligible words. It was pretty awesome. This is an excellent use of audio drama. They should put it put it maybe in like you know interrogation cells for uh, criminals. <laughs> there you go. Play them this, soften them up. That way, it'll be like we're meeting for the first time all over again. And this is also the music that's underneath this scene is it's really cool because it's it's a Chad Salvata piece from Vampires and it's. The piece itself is like 15 minutes long, and it's broken up into four acts, but it's all being used for Calhoun. It's basically his suite. So there's so many different movements that all sound like they're clearly part of the same piece of music. Oh my gosh, it, it's so easy to score scenes with him now. It's so easy, because I could just pick exactly what I want out of that suite, and this one was just too good to pass up. Good stuff. I think we're at the last scene now. We are indeed. We are. <laughs> oh, that's right. I just remembered who's in this scene. Oh my god, this episode's so long I forget what characters show up. That's sad. <laughs> this is just a fun, like, interesting way to end a scene. And... Yes. Boy, that, that was old David. I didn't have to do anything. And talk. Kind of cute when she does, though. Damn. You're an idiot! I tried to warn you, lover boy. Yay, Molly. Listen to me. Yay! Marley's back for a little while. In with a very interesting, uh, short but uh important scene. It's a really important scene. Obviously, as the last words she says are pretty chilling. Ghost Sam. This is another... Okay, so this episode did have dialogue for Z. Once <laughs> And then Marley ad-libbed like three quarters of it, so I don't even remember what I wrote what she said. Yeah, that line is a lot longer than what's in the script in front of me. Yeah. But I really liked it. Yeah. You made Chernobyl look like a picnic. I wish I had better news, Sam. What do you mean? I see what's going to happen next. Oh, spoilers. 
what? What now? Although I don't know if there's spoilers if the Oracle of the show was telling. Oh, I just called her Oracle, didn't I? That's hilarious. You did. That's so not wow. At least you put a V in front of it. Yes. Maybe I should call her the Prophetess. I think prophet. We don't need to go with gender terms. Oh, but prophetess sounds better. I like prophetess. Okay, fine. Prophet. I think the thing that I like the most about this scene is knowing what happens to Zeeer. Like, knowing how badly she gets a raw deal from the gods. Pretty awesome. Hey, don't pull me out of here. Don't you dare pull me out of here, stupid god. Hypocrite, more like. <laughs> now, no, that's what we call blasphemy, no, <laughs> And it I'm doesn't typically make the gods do what they're asking them oh, to I do. I see how exactly. it is. You'll give him powers, and you'll give him spells, and you'll give him that's magic items. So a five-minute conversation with a newbie dropping, that's on the table. Sam, stay with Jaina, and stay away from Sekhmet. Okay. Dun dun dun! Exactly, exactly. Oh my gosh, we're at the end of the episode. That's crazy. What a ride that was. Well, that was fun. What should we do with our lives now? <laughs> uh, do another commentary, because we have none. Well, yes, indeed. David Alt as Sam Tyler, Exodus Chris you have Hackney a life? As Noir. Yeah. Oh. Alicia Lee like the only one. As Natalie Hall. I don't have a life. No, I oh. certainly don't. As Lilith. Yeah, Chris doesn't have a life because I'm not directing. That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> and I've done this by writing. As Obsidian. Yes, because we're recording this just as Chris turned in her last Catwoman script. Queen so she's officially off of Catwoman now. Aww. Clifton as Julia the end of an era. Garcia as You're an era, Chris. Richard Casto as Bobby Carson. Be there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go <laughs> off of that with me just being awesome and Chris not me being that. Oh. <laughs> Leanne Brown as Dr. Matthews. So then, Kat, if people wish to contact you about the show, this is my job. If people wish to contact you about the show, how can they do this? Well, they can go ahead and email me at kadcatcaudio.com. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at Genesis Avalon. Uh, you can also contact us on the Yahoo group, uh, which is uh, groups.yahoo.com slash group slash pendant. You can also leave us comment on the pendant audio site, pendantaudio.com. And uh, any anything else, you can also contact Chris if you want to. Um, she is... Are you Chris or Kristen at Pendant Audio? Kristen. Kristen. Kristen at PendantAudio.com. I had to think about it. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Is that, is that it? I think that's it. That's probably yeah. it. Email, Twitters. And Facebook. Oh yeah! Please, if you if you listen to this through Facebook, uh, if you saw the link, and please leave us a review on Facebook, whether someone saw it on the Pendant Audio fan page or on the actual uh, comment. Um, and uh, if you saw listen to us on iTunes, please review the show and let us know what you think. Think that. Oh my God! What are we gonna do with ourselves now? I don't know. I'm sure we'll find something to do in somewhere. Anyway, dress up in blue and go become a superhero. 
That sounds like an excellent plan. Let's go I do that. <laughs> okay, anyway, folks. All right, we will see you guys later. Bye. Au revoir.